wait a minute. You're dead. You'll be dead for 30 years. her name again lucy lucy what a cute kitty she wants to be right in the middle of things don't you don't you buddy you're gonna jump up here aren't you <laughs> she knows better <laughs> she knows she's not supposed to be up in the scanner oh yeah yeah there you go yeah we'll Got bring it recorded. we'll bring it in on that yeah. that's good um yeah so this is the halloween episode all right. Oh, cool. Let's, uh, let's yeah. make it super creepy. The holiest of holidays. Yeah. I scared myself researching this episode because I just like Googled scariest true ghost stories like mm. an idiot. Um, and then I got a bunch of like Reddit threads where it was creepy stuff little kids have said. And mm. yeah, I love Reddit. It's great for uh, stuff like that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, this is also our one year anniversary. So that's also cool. Um, also cool is my guest, Joe from Thinking Sideways. Hey, everybody. Uh, he was nice enough to agree to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and our other guest, Lucy. I think for every episode I've done, there's at least like five minutes I've cut where the cat is just bothering the guest. <laughs> She's not bothering me. Just She's... wait. Yeah. She likes to try to open cabinets, so you'll be like in the living room, the kitchen will be dark, and you'll just hear like bum, tap, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> tap. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I had my, uh, maybe I mentioned this in an email, my uh, my one cat decided that she liked the closet in my office. <laughs> And uh, and it's got a creaky door on it. Oh no! So one night I'm in bed and I'm laying there and um, I've been in bed about five minutes or so and not asleep yet. And suddenly I hear this <laughs> like that. I didn't recognize the door. I, I that sounded like coming from the office. So I'm going. I better get up and go check that out. And then sure enough, I go out and go into the office and there's beans getting into the closet. <laughs> and um, and there for a while, and then like uh, a little, you know, a few nights go by or whatever, and I'm in bed again. And, you know, I've been in bed for five or ten minutes, and I hear this, and, and I'm like, "What is that?" And I and I'm like, "Should I get up?" And I think, "Oh no, I think that's the closet." Yeah, and I, and I but I did get up and check it again. Sure enough, it was beans. <laughs> and it just there for a while. It's just like she would wait until after I would go to bed, maybe five or ten minutes after, and then go open that door. And maybe she figured out that's a way to get attention from me. You know? Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I'll just uh, I'll just go open this door, and for whatever magic reason I don't get it, Joe will get up and come visit me. <laughs> and so that's what she was doing there for a while, and yeah. then I stopped. Then I stopped when I got used to, it and, and I just now all that's beans in the door. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what she like. It's always the under sink cabinet in the kitchen and the bathroom. And she did it at the old apartment too. I think she just likes the attention and. Mm. Um, we also keep her litter under there, oh. and it's like cat attract litter, and she loves it. Oh, that could be a, yeah, that yeah. could be a lure. But cats also, my cats just like to get into the kitchen cupboards just because curiosity factor oh, yeah, or yeah. something. There might be or a good place stuff to go hide. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so ghost stories. Yeah, let's get a ghost story going. Um, I would consider you an expert on the unsolved mystery. Well, I hope so. Did it long you guys enough? Guys, do like. 200 episodes or something oh no it was almost 300 oh my god yeah, we did a lot of episodes yeah once a week for five years so plus we did you know the occasional bonus episode yeah, yeah. and stuff like that so and that, that we did our uh always did a special christmas episode and an april fools episode so yeah we're talking about almost 300 episodes i got so jazzed for the jeff the mongoose episode mm-hmm. and then uh, you guys got me with that one. Oh, you like that one? I love that one. Yeah. I think my, my favorite, you know, this is like, uh, because I, I wrote it, the, the, oh, yeah. uh, what's, the what's been, um, uh, Ken McElroy. Oh, the guy, yeah. The guy who was yeah. shot to death and mysteriously nobody saw who did it. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. That was a creepy, weird mystery, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good April Fool's. Uh, my favorites are always the ones uh, like, Oh my God, uh, Joseph Newton Chandler and oh, yeah. Laurie Erickaruff. Um, and those two have been solved, by so the way. And so has uh, Lyle Stevick, but they're yeah. not releasing that information. Yeah, apparently, but at least his family knows. Oh yeah, I guess, yeah. But that's good. But yeah, apparently, just you know, the other two have been. Com- you know, they know who they are. Yeah, and they were very boring. <laughs> yeah, they're not. It's not that exciting of a story. Uh, I don't. I don't think we still, even though we kind of know who they are, we don't still have a complete handle on why they did what they did. Yeah. yeah. Um I I want to say the Erica Lori Erica Ruff thing was uh her parents were getting a divorce and she didn't like it so she 
she went and got herself a new life. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's weird. That's just not and for me. That wouldn't be enough of a motivation. No, but I, I think mean, she was a teenager when she did it. So yeah, anything is enough motivation when you're a teenager. I guess, but at some point, you may maybe want to flick it in and go back home and say, "Yeah, I'm back." Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I don't get it, but. But, you know, I'm not everybody. I, mean, I like to, to think that's where all the missing persons cases end up. Is Well, yeah, that'd well, be nice. In like that? 30 years, someone will show up dead and then we'll find out mm-hmm. that it was a missing person. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, but I, I think most of them, we know where they go. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, so this first one uh, is called the, the Monte Cristo Homestead. And oh, I have I not have heard of this one. Purely because it uh, shares the name with my favorite sandwich. So, okay. Um, yeah, I have a very special story in here that I think you'll enjoy. All right, let's hear I, it. I mean, I hope you enjoy all of them. But oh, I'm sure I will. <laughs> so, uh, the Monte Cristo Homestead is located in Juni, South Wales. Juni, Juni. South know. Wales, that's uh, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is considered to be the most haunted house in Australia for good reason. Oh, I should give credit to www.wanderingsoulsapp.com for this story. Oh, okay. Um, There's a Wandering Souls app? I know. It sounds like (laughs) like a dating site for ghosts. I know. That's kind of cool. I mean, you know, ghosts get lonely too, right? (laughs) Ghostsonly.com. Yeah. So the property's past is filled with dark stories and lost souls. Many unexplainable events have occurred, and guests who have stayed overnight have reported strange occurrences. Mm. Uh, This is how you know it's a haunted house. The Victorian manor that is the Monte Cristo house was constructed in 1885 by Christopher William Crawley, a local pioneer. I didn't know Australia had pioneers, uh, but I yeah. guess they would have to. Yeah, they did. They had all, they had their whole frontier period just like we did here in the here in the states. It's really, it was like, like it was the Wild West there too, just yeah. like here. Yeah, but you know, as Aborigines instead of Indians to shoot at, you know that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, just a different kind of genocide. It's uh-huh. fine. Yeah. Uh, so William Crowley lived with his wife in the home until their deaths, um, until their deaths, full stop. Okay, story. Um, as a sidebar, when I do the stories, I grab them from websites like wanderingsouls.app oh, or do, whatever. So you they're do kind of a little just cut and paste kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. So we get to deal with their, their, their wording. Bad formatting and poor grammar. Half the fun. Yeah. Uh, until their deaths. And their descendants continue to inhabit the property until 1948. Between 1948 and 1963, the home was abandoned and had no permanent residents living in it. However, several caretakers cared for the property during this time. I like to imagine they just had seven caretakers at once <laughs> instead of spread out over the like 20 year period. Yeah, no, they were all, everybody wanted to be a caretaker. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, speaking of caretakers, you can cut this out if you want to, but we were just talking a few minutes ago about the, the haunting of Hill House, yeah, as yeah. you show. And, and it's like this family has moved into this huge old mansion. That's been uh, kind of empty for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And there's this couple, this middle-aged couple, who have been the caretakers for a long time. And they keep saying stuff like, you know, well, uh, they keep asking them, about, well, what about this? And then, and then the caretakers say, well, well, we wouldn't know that because we're always off the grounds by dark. Yeah. Always. You'd and think like, that would be you a think, hint. Yeah, you'd think that would be, right? <laughs> They don't ever warn them about it or anything like that. Uh, no, we're never here after dark. Also, I feel like it's implied that they've been the caretakers for like 40 years, but they're both in their mid-50s. Exactly, yeah. So uh, there's I something weird going on with that. Yeah, I haven't gotten to the point where they explain why they're weird. I just know that they're weird. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're not awful weird. They're just, no, they're there's just, something a little bit off about them. They're strange. Yeah, they're, they're a little off. So several caretakers cared for the property during this time. Uh, in 1963, Olive and Reg Ryan... I have to assume his full name is Reginald, but... Yeah, of course. Reg Ryan. Reggie. Sounds like an old-timey detective. Um, moved into the house, which sits on a hill overlooking the town, uh, and they are still the current residents today. They took the time and care to restore it to its original condition and now offer Monte Cristo ghost tours oh, nice. and events for brave visitors. In the past, guests at the Monte Cristo house have reported feeling a hand on their shoulder and hearing disembodied voices or the sound of a woman crying. Pretty much standard ghost nonsense. Mm. Uh, Mrs. Ryan says that she often hears her name called out when she's home alone. Strange apparitions have appeared in photos taken on the property, and animals have been found with unexplainable mutilations. Now, I would venture to say that all apparitions are in their nature strange. Uh, yeah, it, it would be. Yeah. So, but 
you know, I mean, this is all this. This could all be a way of sort of uh, making it seem more punching it up a little oh, yeah. bit oh, no, to, to get people to come in and yeah. take the tour and stuff. Um, I have seen some of the photos of apparitions. I'll show you later. Yeah, this is an audio medium. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, the first occurrence was when the couple first moved into the, the home. As they were approaching, they noticed that the house was lit up, which is especially strange considering that there was no electricity connected to the property at the time. Mm. As they got closer, the lights began to turn off, and by the time they arrived, the house was dark once again. That's a little creepy. I got very into the story, butthead, and that sneeze just scared the ever-loving shit out of me. (laughs) All right, where were we? Uh, The house was dark when they they showed up. Um, The owner claims that from this moment she knew the house was special. This is my favorite sentence the entire story. She also says that she has a special connection to the property because she was a maid there in a past life. Ah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that past life stuff. Uh, So why is the Monte Cristo homestead haunted? Who's haunting the property? Two of the spirits still lurking around appear to be Christopher and Elizabeth Crawley. The dark stories of the home also provide insight into why the amount of spiritual activity is so high. Dark stories. Somebody get murdered there? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, a nanny reportedly dropped an infant down the stairs, killing him. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, reportedly dropped. I yeah. don't think she just, like, punted yeah, the like baby down the stairs. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, she claimed that the baby had been pushed from her arms, but nobody was around. Mm-hmm. Mm. Another story recounts a maid who was... Uh, pregnant with Mr. Crawley's child committing suicide by jumping off the balcony. Although some people argue it wasn't truly a suicide. Mm, pushed, I'm sure. Assisted. Yeah. Uh, adding That's legal, by the way. At assist- least in, or- in Oregon it is. I don't think that helping someone fall over a balcony is legal. Well, suppose, I guess technically you're supposed to actually get their permission. Well, I mean, if yeah. they leave a note, you could probably get away with it yeah i have asked joe to push me off this balcony (laughs) written in joe's hand Uh, adding to the already sad past a young stable boy burned alive as he lay in his straw bed and a caretaker was shot to death in 1961 um he was actually murdered by a gang of boys i did look into that one because i was interested is that true yes yeah and i guess they had watched psycho like five times before they went on their little spree Uh, which is like a weird occurrence of blaming a horror movie for a murder yeah. Because they didn't kill a woman. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, you know, it just might have, like, provide, egged him on a little bit. But, you know, obviously the, the evil was already there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why, yeah, all that stuff about blaming a video game or whatever, yeah. you know, is just always ridiculous. It'd be like blaming Star Wars for Jeffrey Dahmer. That's a good point. Yeah, there's something very Star Warsian about him. Well, not really. Uh, actually, he, I can't remember which Star Wars movie it was exactly, but he watched one of them on repeat along with The Exorcist 3 on repeat uh-huh. um, when he had, I almost said people over. <laughs> <laughs> had them over for dinner. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But yeah it, was, it was weird. Huh. Yeah. Uh, that is a little weird. Especially yeah. The Exorcist 3. Like, it's not a bad sequel, but it's not the best one. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I know I saw it. I'm trying to remember what, what that was. Was that Legion? Was that the one where Jason, what's his name, the priest from the first one, came back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that his big um, body? It was the yeah. one with the serial killer. Yeah, yeah. And um, a bunch of priests died. Yeah, it seemed, it seemed to me like that was a little better than Exorcist 2. Oh, the Exorcist 2 was garbage. Yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah. Ah, the Exorcist. I haven't seen that in forever. I should see that again. It's one of my bad day movies. Yeah. Because um, you just put that on, you're like, well, it could be worse for me. Uh-huh, yeah. Could be. I, I always like the head spinning around and the oh, projectile yeah. vomit. That was great, great stuff. Very specific brand of pea soup. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, Campbell's was too thick, so they were using like a different, like '60s brand. <laughs> Just add a little water. That'd be oh, yeah, the trick. Yeah. yeah. Making fake movie vomit is one of my favorite things because mm. you can just go nuts. Yeah, I always like to do that at somebody else's house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to make it like. On short notice for a short film. And I was like, okay, someone get me a can of vegetable soup. Oh, that'll work. Some oatmeal. Yeah. And a bottle of ketchup. Yeah. Mm. Sounds about right. How to work out? It was very gross. Yeah, it sounds that way. Yeah. The actor had to hold it in his mouth for a bit. I was like, no one told me that this was going to be. I owe him so many apologies. <laughs> it's not your fault. Mm. All right. 
truly suicide. Uh, oh, wow. Buried the lead on that one. Perhaps the most tragic of rumored stories. A caretaker tied his mentally unstable son to the outhouse for 30 years. 30 years? 30 years. Wow. Uh, I would have to assume this is after people lived in the house and he was just caretaken on his own. Yeah, and so he was kind of out there and nobody was paying attention. Although that kind of is the way that uh, they dealt with mental illness back in the day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see, 1948 to 1963. That's less than 20 years. 19, how much? 19 what? 1948 to 1963. Oh, yeah, so that is like, what, 25 years? Yeah. Or no, that's not even 25 yeah, years. Like 15 that's 15 years. years. Yeah. Excuse me. Bad at med addition there. So there were people living in the house that just didn't notice the man tied up to the outhouse? Well, you know, they probably just thought, well, it's his kid and the kid's got an issue. And so that's that. Yeah. I hope he was at least inside. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he could go inside for shelter in the winter and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that was a downer. Yeah. Uh, although by nature, all of these stories have at least one dead person. Mm. Um, all of these incidents and more that we may never know of have added to the tragedy and suffering of the Monte Cristo homestead spirits still roam the historic property trapped by the unfair hand that they were dealt in life or still attached for some unknown reason or motive while we'll never know all the mysteries of this haunted property one thing's for sure a night spent is here is sure to be an interesting one oh, does anybody spend the night there? Uh, there are people who live there and I think they open their house up to like ghost hunters and stuff. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. There's an episode of Ghost Hunters International where they went there. Did they find anything? Not that I remember. Mm, yeah. I mean, they go in there with all their gear and stuff like that and their cameras. And it's like, how can you get a ghost on camera? I mean, uh, as far as I know, my, my understanding of the way ghosts work is they manifest themselves in your mind. And Actually, your mind processes that. I've as never something. considered that angle. Well, yeah, that's that has to be how it works. I mean, they can't really, you know, turn into glowing phosphorus in the, in the real world. Yeah, I mean, there's always that electrical energy, mm -hmm. uh, magnetic field situation, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's really hard to. They've developed a lot of ghost hunting equipment where it picks up on like infrared and temperature and stuff, which. Mm -hmm. eh. I, I just don't know, because I since we don't know anything about ghosts, how would you know that they have some sort of infrared signature? This or, is true. Or electromagnetic signature of any kind? How would, how would you know? Yeah, orbs are my favorite uh, evidence of ghost activity, um, because all of these hauntings take place in old, dusty-ass houses. Yeah. Where there's just, like, bugs and dust everywhere. Yeah. So orbs are going to be, like, very apparent. Yeah, orbs as in like like glowing glowing balls, that yeah, glow yeah, in the air, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, or on video, like a glowing like piece of dust that like shoots around. It's usually a bug or a piece of dust that's being propelled by like a draft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey. Um, okay, so, so so much for the Australian ghost story. I find it kind of weak. Although I know the uh, I know I did I dated, dated this girl some years back who you know, she's the only person who's ever told me a story like this. <laughs> And we didn't. We just dated for a bit. She never actually became my full-on girlfriend, mm -hmm. so that's why I say dated. But uh, she said that one time she was with some people uh, for some reason out in this farm. It was kind of out in Hillsborough, like not too far off of 26. And uh, they were walking around, and she was like um, kind of in the middle of the crowd, but no, no, there was nobody close to her. And suddenly she felt a pair of icy hands slip around her neck from behind. Ugh. And just sort of like they just sort of slipped around, didn't squeeze or choke her or anything, just sort of slipped around her neck. And she whirled around thinking that it was one of her companions. Damn. And the nearest guy behind her was like, you know, 20 feet away. And uh, and so she left that place and never went back. And even just she doesn't even want to drive by it. I mean, oh, she's wow. like that creeped out by the place. And that's the only story like that I've ever heard from anybody. And she seemed to be sincere. She yeah. wasn't uh, she wasn't really an imaginative person. Yeah. Um, we were shooting uh, my senior thesis film in an old house. And we were up in, it was like an old Victorian house in Southeast. And the owners had renovated it so it looked like as it would have back then. Like they even fitted the entire kitchen with the old appliances, but they updated them. It's really cool. Oh, nice. What? Where was this at? Uh, it was on Southeast DM Hill, I think. Oh. Uh, I do not remember exactly where. Pretty close in, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to live on Yam Hill. Oh, no shit. 
Yeah, 29th in Yamhill. Lived in a flat there. Um, My house was not that lovingly restored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah these people did amazing things uh, with this place. Um, but we were up in a room where one of the former occupants had killed herself. Great. Um, and it was just the sound girl and me because they were the lighting guys were doing something in the hall and she had her equipment on. And we both heard whistling, just like someone just whistling, like doing their thing. And we like looked around and it wasn't one of us. And the guys were out in the hall talking. And then we noticed a floor vent uh, that like you could see down into the kitchen. So we went down to the kitchen to see if the owner was there. And they were out in the yard. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just looked at each other and we're like, do you want to not be in that room again? <laughs> ever? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that A lot of weird stuff happened during that shoot uh, in that house. So... Did the actual owners who lived there, did they report anything weird? I mean, obviously, they must have. They have. You guys um, they said that they had seen some things just, like, out of the corner of their eye. Like, they saw someone run by or they heard, like, things go bump in the night. Uh-huh. And one of our actresses was up at the top of the stairs. No windows up there were open. No windows downstairs were closed. And it was August, so it was just, like, a dead heat. Yeah. And she saw... Two picture frames on a table fall over, but they fell over in towards each other uh-huh. instead of, you know, one the way. Same like direction yeah. as you would expect. Yeah. Um, and she wouldn't be up there alone again after that. Mm. Yeah, it was it was a fun house. It was a weird house. And I still have like 30 minutes of just dead air audio that I haven't listened to yet. I'm a little afraid to. I, yeah, I get that. Yeah, you probably should listen to it, though. At some point. We shot that like five years ago. Yeah, there, there might be some important information in there. There might be some stock tips. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you should really, you really should check it out. Uh, financial advice from beyond the grave. Uh-huh, yeah. So Buy had... cheap, sell dear. It's just like invest in Apple. Yeah. It's like, oh, this <laughs> a little late for that. Um, I have reason to believe that you enjoy ghost ships. Oh, yeah. Ghost ships are awesome. I love them. One of my favorite stories. It's too bad. I think we already pretty much mined that genre. I'm still on the lookout. There's a few out there that, that we I didn't was, cover. I was looking for ghost ship stories, and I was, I was scrolling. I was like, no, you guys did that. Oh, did you did that, that one. one, too. Did that one, too. That Maybe, one, too. Nope. Remember that one. Yeah, there's a few that we didn't cover, but they were kind of smaller stories, uh, but I still have them on my list. I want to say that when I was doing research about Roanoke, I came mm. across a ghost ship that was somehow involved I want to say it was the Carol Deering. Mm-hmm. Nah, that was many years. Like the Carol Deering was like early 20th century. Yeah, this was way after Roanoke, but yeah. there was something in their ship's log that pertained to the Roanoke colony. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe that was kind of down in their neck of the woods. Yeah, this is Carolina where it wrecked. Um, but the Roanoke episode also wasn't one that was the lead researcher on, so just like, huh, and then moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Roanoke thing is like, eh, who knows. <sighs> Far-off colony, they probably just got killed by the Indians or died of disease. Basically. Yeah. Um, I think we came to the conclusion that they were, like, integrated into a tribe. Yeah. Um, I saw an interesting um, an interesting theory. I can't remember where it was. I, don't, and I, I think I made a note of it and saved the link. But they found some weird, some weird stuff in some graves, some Catholic stuff, oh. that made them suspect that maybe these guys were actually secret... Catholics. Secret Catholics. Yeah, that maybe they were over there under false pretenses and, and actually not, you know, not like Protestants at all. They were actually Catholics. Interesting. Yeah. How and dare they? I know, I know. So the, uh, I, yeah, you know, I thought that was a, an interesting little tale, right, in and of itself. Back from the days when you know that kind of thing was really important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a really recent thing. I mean, even um, as recently as. 1960, when JFK was elected, his Catholicism was kind of an issue. With uh, a lot of people. Yeah, I went to a Catholic school from kindergarten through eighth grade, mm. and um, I have mixed feelings about Catholicism. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, I didn't know the Spanish Inquisition happened until I was in high school, because mm. they just kind of they skated gloss over. over that. Well, actually, the Spanish Inquisition has a side of the story to tell, too. Oh, There's, yeah. There is, uh, and I was going to talk about this in my next podcast, but, uh, and in fact, I won't, I won't go too deeply mm-hmm. into it, but... Essentially, what it represented, and you can totally cut this out because oh. it's totally historic and not not at all ghostly at all. Actually, it, it's a nice harken back to our first episode when I kept getting into history and just yelling, "This is not a history podcast." But <laughs> it's not. Let's. It's. It'll. This will only take a minute. <laughs> but um, the Spanish Inquisition actually got a bit of a bad rap because essentially what was going on back in the day 
is uh, people who are being accused of things like heresy and especially mm. witchcraft oh, and yeah. things like that. And uh, basically, if, if everybody thought, well, she looks kind of witchy to me, burn her with steak, you know, and that was how that was basically the process. Yeah. And the church decided that, well, we should try to inject a little bit more of an element of due process into this whole thing. And so they set up the Inquisition, which actually tried to tried to give, give people accused of that kind of thing a fairer shake. Yeah, yeah. Even though still in the end, some people... Um, some people were still found guilty and, and killed. I mean, it did probably a lot fewer people got killed than would have been otherwise. It, like and, the, the accusations yeah. were still insane. They just added a level of like court process to it. Well, yeah, and they, and they wanted a little bit more like evidence. They don't want just you know they they wanted to allow for the uh, the possibility yeah. that somebody with a grudge might just you know. Well, yeah, because that was a lot forward. of witch accusations in oh, yeah. Britain was oh, oh yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. This lady stole my apples. Well, fuck her. <laughs> yeah, she's a witch, you know. And so uh, and so the Inquisition. I'll probably get some hate mail for that one, but it really is. Uh, it really has gotten a little bit of a bad rap. Yeah. I'm not like, saying it was a great thing. It wasn't thing. great, but... Well, for the time, considering how, you know, for that time, it was actually kind of a, a progressive innovation. Interesting. You know? I mean, obviously, it looks a little barbaric today. Well, yeah, but, most you know, things do. Yeah. Well, actually, there was a time when actually slavery was considered kind of a progressive innovation because it used <laughs> to be back in the old days, you know, like in, you know, Genghis Khan and all that, You'd conquer a people, you'd conquer a city, you would just destroy it, raise it to the ground, and kill everybody inside. And then somebody saw, somebody comes along and says, hey, wouldn't it be nicer if we just enslaved them all <laughs> instead of murdering them all? And so, and so, so that was almost considered a progressive reform with an element of self-interest, of course. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Got, we got there eventually. Yeah. It just took maybe a little too long. Yeah. Um, so this story isn't technically a ghost ship. But it is a ship with ghosts. Oh, yeah. Back to our ghostly stuff. Sorry about the, oh, no. the, the departure there. A little side jaunt. That's what the show is made of. Oh, okay. That's what, that's what my show was made of, too. We took, as you know, a lot of detours. Oh, yeah. yeah. I learned a lot. Well, I hope so. <laughs> Some of it even true. Uh, I was always jealous of your guys' research because it seemed like you actually did it we actually did try to research as much as we could um you like know. you would do stuff like call police departments and like yeah i try to call these people up and get them to talk to me call up local journalists or police or somebody or another and see if i can get the straight scoop yeah you guys had stuff from james renner on that james renner james renner the guy uh, the guy talked about the mara, the about murray. mara murray yeah 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 He's kind of a garbage person, but uh, you know, actually, I met James at CrimeCon a few times. He's oh. a nice guy. I mean, oh, he's, weird. he actually is. I mean, a lot. Of, he's he's controversial. A lot mm. of people, a lot of people consider him to be sensationalistic and stuff like that. But I got to say, that's that's uh, the media in general, yeah. really. So it's kind of he gets kind of a bad rap in that regard. Um, so we're going to talk about the Queen Mary. Oh, yeah, I love the Queen Mary. You know, I've actually I've actually taken a tour of it. I wanted to, but it was too much of a drive when I was in L.A. And I was just like, yeah, Long Beach is kind of a ways. Yeah. Well, and at driving anywhere in L.A. is just like an undertaking. Oh, oh God. I know. I know. It's like the, there's a sweet spot between rush hours. It lasts for about half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was staying in East L.A., which weirdly just blocks away from where they caught Richard Ramirez. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know that until the day I left. Mm. Um, and I went to Universal and I left at like seven in the morning and it was a beautiful drive because no one is up at 7 a.m. on a Sunday. Uh huh. And East L.A., you know, it's uh, I, I lived in L.A. for a few years. I know. And, and East L.A., it's morning is the time to be awakened about in East L.A. early morning because mm. as the day goes by, more smog is generated by the city and then the, the, the winds coming off the ocean push it all into East L.A., oh, wow. which is why the people of East L.A. live in East L.A. because, <laughs> you know, no, the people of West L.A. Don't, don't want to live in the smog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Queen Mary... Oh, yeah. The Queen Mary. Uh, back to the Queen ship Mary. Ship with ghosts, but not ghost ship. Yeah. We're getting a little bit of a history lesson. Uh, to Queen, Mary. Queen Mary does have a history. She, she, she had more than one role. So this is from legendsofamerica.com. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Uh, resting in Long Beach Harbor is the RMS Queen Mary, a colossal ship that was bigger, faster, and more powerful than the Titanic. Uh, the thousand-foot ship began her life when the first keel plate was laid in 1930 at the John Brown Shipyard in Clyde, Scotland, where they make all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. They made. I don't know if they're still around or not. Yeah, I mean, I don't hear about a lot of big ships coming out of Ireland and Scotland anymore. But Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on there these days. I mean, there probably is still some going on, but... 
The depression held up her construction between 1931 and 1934, uh, but she was finally completed, making her maiden voyage on May 27th, 1936. Mm. For three years, the Grand Ocean Liner hosted the world's rich and famous across the Atlantic, including the likes of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, Greta Garbo, Clark Gable, Mary Pickford, George and Ira Gershwin, and Sir Winston Churchill. Yep, and that's, that's how you got across the ocean back in those days, because there weren't no planes. And if you had the money, you did it fancy. Oh, hell yeah. Um, considering, uh, considered by the upper class to be the only civilized way to travel, she held the record for the fastest ever North Atlantic crossing. Yeah, um, I think the Titanic would have broken that, except, whoops. <laughs> just <laughs> that's, a, that's well, the reason they ran into that iceberg. Is I they think were going they were trying, too fast. Yeah. yeah, they wanted to set a record or something, I think. And uh, Whoopsie. Yeah, if I remember the movie correctly. <laughs> Yeah. Which I'm 100% sure was historically accurate. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Mm. Yeah. Although in terms of like researching his films, I think James Cameron like wins the award for that one. Mm, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah all got... that deep sea diving. Yeah. Well, that's, it's true. He, he's really into that stuff. Actually, he's done some fascinating little projects on the side. When I was in like middle school, I was obsessed with like shipwrecks. Oh, yeah. They're cool. Which then led me to ice mummies and all of that. And Oh, yeah. He's a very weird kid. Speaking of shipwrecks, I visited a shipwreck just yesterday. No way. Yeah, way. Huh. Yeah, I've been to, what, have you ever Have you ever, ever been to the Peter Iredale? I have not. Yeah, it's on the North Oregon coast, just south of the Columbia River. So it was like, I think it was 1906, and then the Peter Iredale was a freighter, four-masted barkentine or some one of those rigs. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what rig, but steel, steel hull, four-master, and uh, was supposed to be heading to Portland with a cargo. And was trying, but it was foggy, trying to find the mouth of the Columbia. And uh, they figured they'd wait out the fog, but then a big wind or something came up in a current and pushed them onto the shore, and they oh. ran aground. And nobody died. Oh. Uh, yeah, because oh. they, they, if you look at it, you can walk up to it. At low tide, you can actually walk up to the wreckage now. Oh, wow. Although there's not very much of it left. Yeah, it's been, been a while. Yeah, well, salt water splashing over wave action and everything else. I mean, it's, it's, and it was a steel hole. So, I mean, there was when I was a kid... There was a lot more of it there, and and now there's really not much at all. But I took a few pictures of it. I'll post it. I'll post them on the Instagram oh, nice, or something nice. like that. But yeah, if you haven't, you really need to go soon if you want to see it, <laughs> or uh, else it because might be gone. yeah, it's disappearing fast. Like I said, in my lifetime, it's so much of it has gone away. It's wow. it's amazing. But uh, and don't expect to be tremendously impressed by it because, like I said, most of it's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Cool. Oh, yeah. With another detour. Sorry. Now back to the Queen Mary. <laughs> yeah. We stayed somewhat on the topic. Yeah, we're still, still shippy. Yeah. Uh, when World War II broke out in 1939, luxury travel immediately ceased. I wonder why. Because <laughs> they didn't want to get torpedoed <laughs> and sent to the bottom. Uh, and the ship was transformed into a troop ship that would be known as the Grey Ghost. Yeah. Uh, during this time, her capacity was increased from 20, uh, 2,410 to 5,500. Mm-hmm. That's a very specific number for the original capacity. Yeah, they they could count those little cabins, but yeah, especially in the the upper ones, you know, where all the all the all the rich people stayed. Oh, yeah, you could, really you could cram a lot of a lot more troops into one of those things. Um, by the end of World War II, the ship had carried more than eight hundred thousand troops and traveled more than six hundred thousand miles, and played a significant role in virtually every major Allied campaign. Uh, she had also survived a collision at sea. Set the record for carrying the most people ever on a floating vessel, uh, 16,683, and participated in the D-Day invasion. Yeah. Mary has lived a life. Mary is quite the boat, I got to say. And they converted her after the war back, converted her back to luxury liner status. And uh, yeah, and I don't know when they, she went, I think it was like set in the 1970s when they finally took her to Long Beach. We'll get to that. Oh, sorry. My, no, it's yeah. just scanning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the close of the war, the ship began to transport more than 22,000 war brides and their children to the United States and Canada, known as the Bride and Baby Voyages. Uh, she made 13 voyages for this purpose in 1946. Mm. God, that sounds like the worst cruise ever. <laughs> Brides and babies. Yeah, yeah it does. Uh, with its duty to the war complete, the Queen Mary was refurbished and resum- resumed her cruises in July 1947 maintaining weekly service between Southampton, Southampton, I think it's Southampton, and New York. Uh, however, by the early 1960s, transatlantic cruises were falling out of fashion due to air travel. Yeah, go figure. Uh, 
due to air travel becoming affordable for the masses. In 1963, the ship began a series of occasional cruises, first out to the Canary Islands and later to the Bahamas. Uh, however, without central air conditioning, outdoor pools. This story is very in depth on this boat. Yeah. Samir sold for 3.4 million to Long Beach, was used for a museum and hotel. December 1967, she made her final voyage to Long Beach. Uh, after 1,001 successful Atlantic crossings, she was permanently docked and soon became a luxury hotel. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Is this still a hotel? Can you still stay on that? I believe so, yes. Oh, that's cool. I'd, actually, if I'm ever back in Long Beach, I got to I gotta go stay a night there. Ooh. Haunted or not, I don't care because it's such a cool ship. I, <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, a t- I think I was like 14, mm-hmm. and I was so impressed by it then. But then I like, I like boats and ships anyway. But it really is beautiful. It's amazing. Well, I mean, um, I the reason I know of it is because they put on a huge haunted house every year. Oh, do they? Um, it's one of the bigger ones in the LA area. That would be perfect for a haunted house. Oh yeah, it's in my spare time. I like to watch haunted house walkthroughs, like from Universal Studios and stuff, because from an art direction standpoint, they are insane. Mm. Um, like they recreated the house from Insidious at Universal Studios for haunted house purposes. Uh-huh. And it was like the details were perfect. Yeah, I've always, uh, I've always wanted to actually create a, a really special haunted house, but we can talk about that later if you want. I, I got this really cool idea for a haunted house. Like a fake haunted house? Are you creating a real haunted house? Because that might be borderline illegal. <laughs> yeah, now well, my my idea is this, is that you, you come into, I was, I was, I was thinking, you know, get a really large, or very old industrial building mm-hmm. and take people in in crowds of 10 and split them off. Mm-hmm. And then you'd lead this crowd of maybe 10 people We've got to, of course, have a ringer planted in the middle of them. Oh God! You know, and then you, you and then you put and you herd them into a room, and then you slam slam shut a steel door behind them and lock them in, and then leave, and leave, just leave them to scratch their heads and think about that for a little bit, and make sure some creepy room? stuff happens and stuff. And then the idea is that the idea is to convince people that 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 they've been split from the herd and they're going to be murdered, <laughs> you know, by by some serial killer type. And then, and then your ringer pops in, and he he somehow finds like a loose brick in a wall, and and so they, you manage to open up enough of an opening that you can escape. And then the whole rest of your haunted house tour is you're not going through the usual screaming and people jumping out yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. The rest of it is just trying to escape without being caught and killed. And so you're actually in, minor kidnapping. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I mean it's uh, it's legally questionable, and you know <laughs> somebody would probably get hurt or killed eventually. I mean, but I'd still. Good like the idea All good ideas yeah. and borderline illegal and borderline psycho there's a haunted house in portland that is a quote full contact haunted house and i cannot think of anything worse yeah really yeah mm. i don't like people touching me yeah and when i was a, a girl scout so i was like 11 we went to the haunted corn maze mm. at lone pine near eugene yeah and i definitely like elbowed someone in the gut for sneaking up on me yeah i feel bad about it now but like don't sneak up on me with a chainsaw. It's, it's a thing, you know. I, I, my, my problem with full contact is that there's these these people that are wearing like they got this friggin' uh, fake blood all over them, and it's oh, gonna yeah, it's gonna get on my friggin' clothes, and I don't like that. It's, <laughs> you know, I never want to do my Halloween costumes. I never do fake blood or makeup or any of that crap because it's just messy. Yeah, the last time I did full makeup for a Halloween costume, I lost an eyebrow. So. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did Two Face from uh, Batman. Oh, okay. So the latex on one side just. It peeled your eyebrow. It peeled off? the eyebrow off. It was. You not... know, you're lucky they don't always grow back. I mean, yeah. I can see you have two eyebrows. I do so that's have good. Two yeah, that's good. I've heard of people shaving their brows or plucking their brows, and they just didn't grow back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was not. It was a good costume. Oh, I'm sure. It's just yeah. like standing in the bathroom at like midnight trying to peel off the latex. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Rip. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not a good look. Um, oh, yeah. Back to the Queen Mary. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a hotel, haunted house, uh, tourist attraction. Hmm. Uh, internationally recognized, the historic floating hotel museum attracts thousands of visitors every year. It also attracted a number of unearthly guests over the years. In fact, some say the Queen Mary is one of the most haunted places in the world, yeah. with as many as 150 known spirits lurking upon the ship, which is less... No? That's a lot. It is less than Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, but more than most haunted houses. Yeah, I don't know how you'd count your haunted spirits, though, really. Maybe they have, like, an Excel spreadsheet. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that, as I was saying earlier, the um, uh, a ghost, I believe, if ghosts, if they do exist, mm-hmm. manifest themselves entirely inside your brain mm-hmm. through basically... 
what we would call telepathy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so they're they're communicating you like like for example, your eyesight. You know, something hits the back of your retina, it's transmitted into your brain, and your brain processes that information yeah. into what you believe you see, mm-hmm. right? And same thing, you get this, you get something beaming into you from some spirit or whatever into your brain. Your brain has to deal with that in some way or another. It has to process it. Yeah. And so it might, it might in your brain show you a little, a little kid with a dented in head, and the same information in my head might show me some, uh, some little old lady in a wheelchair, for example. Yeah. Same, same ghost though. I mean, see what I'm saying? I'm getting kind of technical here. She, she never sits on my lap. I know. The cat is, if you heard a bump sound, that's the, the cat getting in Emily's lap. You are the worst. Lucy, what you doing there, cat? She wants to be a part of the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm very much of the belief that ghosts are less uh, people and more energy-based. Mm-hmm. But I guess like they had people describe 150 different things i don't exactly, know exactly which works. could but, yeah. but but which really could have been one ghost. it could just be one who's like yeah. really good yeah or it's just their brains yeah you know? uh so over the past 60 years the queen mary has been the site of at least 49 reported deaths reported uh not the past how many years uh 60 okay so that's about a little less than one a year yeah yeah it actually if you have that many people on board that's not that's not a reasonable death rate, really. Uh, so not to mention having to go through the terrors of war. It also comes as no surprise that the spectral spirits, that is spectral spirits, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, for Vivid Pass, continue to walk in her rooms and hallways. So this is where we get to the part where it's applicable to this podcast. Uh, located 50 feet below water level is the Queen Mary's engine room, which is said to be a hotbed of paranormal activity. I've been in that when I took my tour. I didn't see any ghosts. Uh, used in the filming of the Poseidon Adventure. Yes, that's uh, right. The room's infamous door 13 crushed at least two men to death at different points during the ship's history. The most recent... Ow! <laughs> Cat needs traction. <laughs> This is why you get your nails clipped so often, you monster. Yeah, you silly kitty. Uh, door 13 crushed at least two so men. I can be philosophical about the pain because it's not my pain. <laughs> uh, the most recent death due to a routine uh, during a routine watertight. What? Watertight door? Yes. Uh, watertight door drill in 1966 crushed an 18 year old crew member. Dressed in blue overalls and sporting a beard, the young man has often been spied walking the length of. This is a great name, Shaft Alley, before disappearing by door 13. Shaft Alley. I love it. Shaft Alley. And actually, there, yeah, there is a, I'm sure there is a Shaft Alley. There's actually on um, the Blueback, the submarine downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Shaft Alley on blue on the Blueback. So that's just like a, a common. That's where the, the ship's shaft, you know, that's where the ship adds. It starts on this side of the, the inside of the hull and goes through a hole penetration onto the prop on the outside. Maybe there's a shaft alley in every boat and submarine out there. Yeah, just like a hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember seeing an episode of Ghost Adventures. So take this with the biggest grain of salt that's ever existed. But they did uh talk about this man in blue coveralls with a beard. Uh huh. Um, although it said he was an 18 year old crew member, so I'm not buying a beard. Uh, maybe some people are early early sprouters. I and this guess this was in '66. I'm not, I'm, not trying, I'm trying to understand though the watertight door drill. I mean, unless they were automated watertight doors that just closed on their own, which I don't think they would have had in an old boat like that. Yeah, um, it, you know, I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine. So this guy happens to have not clear the door, and, and the other crew members just say, "Well, screw it, Bruce, you're done," you know, and just and just slam the door shut on yeah, him. It anyhow. kind of feels like that scene in Austin Powers when there's a steamroller coming towards him for like ten <laughs> minutes. I know, and it's like, oh, what am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Um. So two more popular spots for the Queen's otherworldly guests are its first and second class swimming pools. Uh, though neither are utilized today for their original purpose, spirits seemingly are not aware of that. Well, no, why would they? It's not yeah. like they get boat-wide memos. Yeah. Uh, in the first-class swimming pool, which has been closed for more than three decades, women have been often been seen appearing in 1930s-style swimsuits, wandering the decks near the pool. Others have reported the sounds of splashing and spied wet footprints leading from the deck to the changing rooms. Some have also spied the spirit of a young girl clutching her teddy bear, and the young girl clutching her teddy bear is actually the theme of the haunted house that they did last year, maybe this year. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a creepy ass little. It's a grown woman dressed as a little girl, uh-huh. screaming at you. Uh, and clutching a teddy bear. Yes. Yeah, it does sound creepy. 
Uh, in the second class pool room, the spirit of another little girl named Jackie is often has often been seen and heard. Allegedly, the unfortunate girl drowned in the pool during the ship's sailing days and uh, reputedly refused to move on as her voice, as well as the sounds of laughter, have been captured here. Uh, so she's still hanging out in the pool area where she died? Yes. That just uh, seems like the the place I would not be hanging out in. The place where you died? Yeah. I know. I'd, I'd, I'd find a more cheerful place. Go home, maybe? Yeah. Um, author and paranormal investigator Cher Garman points out there are no known drownings to ever have occurred on the ship. Although she says Jackie is there, yeah, not on drownings. I mean, I mean, typically, and you can ask Devin this; she's the expert on cruise ships. Yes, but she is. Typically, people do occasionally disappear overboard. Yes. So, but this, so when they're saying no known drownings, they mean no known drownings in the pools. Yeah, not, like they didn't pull a dead body out of the pool. Yeah, but I mean, some people obviously must have fallen overboard from time to time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the Queen's Salon, which once served as the ship's first-class lounge, a beautiful young woman in elegant white evening gown has often been seen dancing alone in the shadows of the corner of the room. That is very creepy sounding. Yeah, that is a little creepy. I kind of like that one. Yeah, dancing alone, huh? Yeah, oh. I wonder, like... Is that daytime or only nighttime? It doesn't specify, but, yeah. um, I mean, they do tours and all the stuff during the day. Yeah, maybe that explains why I took the tour and didn't see anything. Yeah. Uh, yet more odd occurrences have been made in a number of first-class staterooms. Here, reports have been made of a tall, dark-haired man appearing in a 1930s-style suit, as well as water running and the lights turning on in the middle of the night, and phones ringing in the early morning hours with no one at the other end of the line. Mm. In the third-class children's playroom, like third-class children or for third-class passengers. Uh, both. This is where we put the shitty kids. Yeah, they're third-class. Um, but a baby's cry has often been heard, which is thought to be an infant, d- bleh, infant boy who died shortly after his birth. Mm. Uh, other phenomenon occurring throughout the ship are the sounds of distinct knocks, door slamming and high-pitched squeals, drastic temperature changes, and the aromas of smells long past. That stuff could all be easily explained oh, uh, yeah. on a huge ship like that with millions of feet of pipe and all kinds of stuff going on like that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are only a few of the reports of apparitions and events occurring at this hotel. Today, yeah. the Queen Mary is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. It provides not only a wide range of guest rooms, uh, but also 14 Art Deco salons, tours, restaurants, shops, and exhibits. Yeah. No, definitely. If you're in Long Beach, you should go see it. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, by, the, by the way, have you heard of that that Chinese million billionaire? He's a gazillionaire who's building a replica of the Titanic. No. Yeah, I was hearing about this. It's like he. It's not going to actually be an ocean-going vessel, but it's going to be a perfect full-size replica. Oh wow! I don't believe it's going to even have engines in it. Uh, so no engine. Not going to attempt fate. No, it's just going to. He's going to like moor it in, in this river. I can't remember the name of the city where it's going to be, but uh, it's just going to be a hotel slash casino kind of oh, thing. Wow. And so, you know, I, I can't imagine. I imagine it'll be a huge tourist attraction. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to go. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. And so there'll be a special spot for only like 20 bucks. You can go stand on the bow and yell, I'm the king of the world and all that stuff. And I want to oh, ask you about your ghost stories. Oh, I don't have any great ghost stories. I have one. Oh, everyone Just always one. comes in onto the show and like, I don't really have anything. And then they pull out. Yeah, all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, uh, I had one person whose family owns a haunted house in Italy. Oh, really? Uh, there was another guest who lived in an old hospital in Korea. Um, that sounds creepy. It was. Yeah, it's a, anytime you've been, you're in a, a big place where lots of people have been, and there's nobody there now well, except especially you. a hospital. Yeah, a lot of people died there anyway. But and I uh, guess they hadn't know. cleared it out fully, so there was still like furniture and. Yeah, was there still was there still a, like a patient or two in there? <laughs> We just couldn't get them to leave. I guess. Yeah, I know. They were too sick to move. We figured they'd be dead in a day, so we left them. <laughs> yeah. Now, my only story is uh, it was probably just a dream. But and this happened in the house that I live in now. Oh. Yeah, the house. And, and uh, the house is like built in 1924, so it's okay, rather it's an older old. Place. It's an older place. You know, probably back in the day, somebody or two, people, a person or two has died there probably. I mean, Don't know. it's safe to assume that it yeah, has that old, like someone has died on or near the property. Yeah, it's not unreasonable at all. Um, so, uh, but I, like I said, I, it's uh, probably it was just a dream. But one one night I wake up and I'm dreaming, and I'm laying on my right side in my in my bed, looking at the wall, my bedroom. It's like two three in the morning, middle of the night, and what was 
different about this dream is that it was really my bedroom. Okay. Because you know how, like, you know, like, uh, you're, yeah, it's like you're in a dream. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm in, I was in my bedroom, but it didn't look anything like my bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I'm always in my bedroom or my house or somewhere mm-hmm. in my office. Never looks anything like it. There was one time I dreamed that I was in my bedroom and it looked like the inside of a Turkish whorehouse. It had tapestries <laughs> and, and Elvis fuzzy posters hanging on the walls and, and elaborate brass chandeliers hanging from and the ceiling. And that's not what your room actually no, looks like? No, believe it or not. I know. And it actually, and, and there was an, it had an uneven dirt floor with some plants growing out of it and, <laughs> and a little stream running through the middle of it. But it was really my bedroom. You okay. know, that's, that's what I'm talking about, that phenomenon. In this case, though, I wake up and I'm truly in my bedroom, absolutely down to the detail of my bedroom. And I'm laying there wondering why, why I woke up. And then I heard, I heard footsteps. Now, if you go down uh, past the end of my bed from where I was, there's the door to my bedroom. And then there's a short little hallway. And then there's another door that goes into my kitchen. And that's where the footsteps were coming from was the kitchen. Okay. And it was soft. It sounded like somebody barefoot. And uh, so I hear the, I'm hearing these footsteps. And I pick up my head. And I look down the length of my bed towards the, the doorway. And this girl came out of the darkness into the, into the, into the doorway. And she was... Maybe maybe ten to twelve years mm-hmm. old, uh, good-looking girl had uh, short, dark, wavy hair, was barefoot, obviously, and wearing an old flannel nightdress mm-hmm. kind of thing. So she walks into through the door through the hallway and stops in the doorway, and stands there and just looks at me. Ah, and ah. at that time, at that moment, I became seriously creeped out. As you can imagine. Well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and she wasn't, there was no hostility. Mm-hmm. She wasn't making ghoulish faces. She wasn't smiling either, you know, but there was no no threatening, nothing threatening about her, but it still creeped me out hugely. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up and I was lying on my, lying in my bed on my right side, staring at the wall. Same way I woke up the first time. And I, I very slowly picked up my head and, and looked down towards the doorway. Mm-hmm. Nothing there. And uh, and that was my ghost. And I think it was probably a dream, but I'm not 100% sure that it was. I mean, sleep paralysis is also a thing. Uh, um, and, like, I, from what I understand, like, cases can go from, like, very mild to, like, you hear something rustling to fucking terrifying where there's, like, uh-huh. someone screaming at you. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. But it's, uh, well, it wasn't a paralysis dream in the sense that I couldn't move fast yeah. enough to get away. It wasn't like that at all. I mean, but uh, it probably was, like I said, if it had been my usual kind of dream where I'm in my bedroom, but it looks totally, it looks like I'm in the, yeah, the, yeah. the control room of a submarine, but I know it's my bedroom, <laughs> you know, then I would totally just ignore the whole thing. Yeah. That, that but it's that whole, it's that in it really was my bedroom. And there was, and, and usually my dreams are really, fragmentary yeah this was not they're usually completely incoherent they usually my sometimes my dreams make a little bit of sense Mm -hmm. but they usually don't make any sense at all um and this one was just like you know it was it was just very straightforward not fragmentary interesting but probably still a dream yeah but you never know but she's not she's never been back i've never seen her since um Although maybe she thought she'd pop in and say hi, and, and I was such a weenie about it. She probably thought, you know, fuck you. I'm not coming back here. <laughs> I just wanted to say hi, and you were kind of a jerk. And so, yeah, I'm yeah. done with you. Um, Yeah, it, it's a personal belief that I think hauntings, like, aren't intelligent. I think those are kind of bullshit, uh-huh. where it's just the energy of someone who had lived in that place for so long yeah. or something. Like, they left their mark on it, and sometimes people can pick up on that. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, it could be that. It could be that, uh, as I was saying, there's there might be these little things just flitting around. There yeah. might be spirits or something like that. And then they, it just, your brain receives that. Your brain processes yeah. that, however it does, and interprets it. And it might see some relative and, and interprets it as like, oh, it was my dad, my dead dad, and he was trying to tell me something, something important, you know, but it really, it's just, it's just sort just of some a random ball radio, of energy that's, a little radio transmission yeah. that bo- popped into your head that really was, and really maybe is a spirit of some sort. Yeah, yeah. But not necessarily what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Ghosts are weird, man. We need to like come up with a scientific, you know, unified grand theory of ghostery. 
and then not give them a travel channel show so people will still take them seriously. Yeah, I I I don't blame those guys for doing what they do. If I could get people to pay me money oh, to do that, sure. this absurd bullshit, <laughs> which is what this is, and I'm sure they can't. They don't. They cannot themselves believe if this I stuff. If I could get right? paid to wear tap out shirts and yell at empty rooms in old houses, I would do it. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, it's just it's just like I mean. Uh, it was like that mystery you covered with Devin, where that guy was had that whole internet mystery about and the ghost. And now he of has a movie deal. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. And I suspect the guy just thought, "Hey, I know, I know. I'm just gonna like just turn out some random bullshit." Yeah, and, and I'm glad we'll he did. We'll see if people buy it. We'll see if people like it. Yeah. Um, and they did. And yeah. now everyone is mad when he like tweets about stuff that isn't ghost related because he hasn't brought up the ghost since uh, January, February. Uh huh. It just kind of tapered off. Huh. Which, in his defense, is how a lot of like legitimate-sounding hauntings yeah. end, uh, like the Einfield poltergeist um, um, covered in The Conjuring Two. We yeah. talked about it briefly on the last episode, which you yeah, weren't here that's, for. That's, but that's a famous one, though. It right? is, yeah. and it's very well documented. And it didn't have like a big explosive end; it just kind of stopped. Uh-huh. And that's how a lot of hauntings end. Yeah, they just stop, or yeah. the people leave. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like nobody really knows why. I mean, it's like there's, there's always that possibility that um, uh, there's actually somebody living in the household who Those... has kin- psychokinetic abilities yeah. and doesn't even know it. There's always that possibility. Uh, my favorite conclusion to ghost stories is when it turns out that there was just like a real person living in the walls. And uh-huh. my favorite, I mean, I hate it, and it's one of like my biggest fears. Is, is that, that that Japanese one? Oh, finish yours and I'll tell oh, you no, mine. I, yeah, I need to know about this. Oh, there was God. It was on the internet. This guy was uh, living in this little small efficiency apartment, in, uh-huh. in, I believe it was in Japan, and uh, he lived there. And he started noticing that things would be like you know out of place mm-hmm. a little bit, and nothing huge or anything like that. But he started noticing stuff like that going on, and then finally he decided to like buy a, like a couple of little hidden camera type dealios yeah, where yeah. you got a clock that's got a hidden camera in it. And he discovered there was some woman, some small woman who was actually living in one of God his cupboards. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's kind of creepy. That maybe my my house that I'm living in now has got a about a three quarters basement, mm-hmm. and then off at one end there's a crawl space that's about four feet tall, and it's it's covered over with plywood. And after I saw that, Just I started break thinking that right up. I started thinking I should go down and look in that crawl space <laughs> and see what's going on uh, in there. There was. It was an episode of Spooked. Um, great podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's basically boo-ha-ha. If they didn't make jokes, then it was real people reading ghost Taking stories. it really seriously. They got huh? very serious. Um, yeah. But this woman, when she was a little kid, she saw uh, some a man in all white, very pale man, brushing mm. his teeth in the bathroom. And he turned to her and he's like, my name is Ghosty. And if you tell anyone you saw me, I'll kill you. Wow. So she thought it was a ghost. And like her parents didn't believe her because why the fuck would they? Yeah. Uh, but it turned out that he was a homeless man that was just living in the crawl space in their attic. When was this? I would, if I had to guess, I would say like the sixties. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so, how long did she stay quiet about Ghosty? Um. Well, she told her mom immediately. Yeah. But I think they lived in that house for another six or so months before they moved and discovered that there had been someone living in their walls. Wow. Yes. That would be so creepy. Um, yeah. I don't see that happening in this apartment. No, there's really no place for them to do it, but you might want to check the cupboards yes, if anyway. If I ever purchase a home, there's going to be like a full search of all crawl spaces under the house. Uh-huh. I don't have time for this. Yeah. Now, I have a friend who uh, he lives in a house over um, southwest, uh, kind, of, kind of between the river and I-5. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to him just last week, and he was telling me that uh, I didn't, I've been talking to him much lately. So he was telling me like he misplaced a few things, like he misplaced his, his car keys. So he's got two vehicles. He's, so he's got a car. He's got a pickup truck. Yeah. So one day he's looking. He wants wants to take his car, and he's looking for the keys. Cannot find them anywhere. And um, and so fine, he, he grabs his truck keys, and and actually winds up not being able to find the car keys for like almost a week. And then one day he comes home, and he's uh he's not exactly a tidy housekeeper. Yeah. I've been in his house, and his, <laughs> his kitchen counters are very very cluttered with you know dirty dishes and just all kinds of miscellaneous stuff. But he comes home, and he finds that the the uh, counters have been swept. Everything has been swept to one side or the other, and there, right smack in the middle of this clear spot, is his car keys. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And that happened with a few other things, uh, a few other odds and ends. I think another one was a shaver. He lost his shaver. It just disappeared. And then one day he goes into his bathroom, and the, again, it's like the counter's been swept swept clear, and there's his shaver sitting there. So polite ghost, polite person living in the walls. Yeah. Or I read a story where this man kept, kept waking, up, waking up to, like, threatening Post-it notes, like, on his computer. Uh-huh. And so he was like, well, what the fuck is this? And then he set up his webcam to record and the footage was cut out in a certain time and there was a post-it note. So mm. he was like, okay, there's someone living in the walls. This place is haunted or something. It turns out that he had been slowly poisoning himself with CO2. Uh, uh, so he was doing it himself. He was doing and, it himself and uh, just didn't remember it. Oh, wow. So did, did he, uh, he, stop, yeah. he stop the CO2 leak and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I was wondering about my friend. My friend, uh, when... I was kind of wondering if maybe he was just doing, some, it, doing it himself. Yeah, like sleepwalking or some weird thing. I mean, you know? if you're going to sleepwalk, like finding stuff you've lost, probably the best thing to be doing with that time. Yeah, that's true. It's productive. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, in this case, he's never he never evidenced any sort of weird insanity or memory loss or double dual personality. His belief was that somebody somehow had, had scored one of his, scored a copy of his key and was just entering his house when he wasn't around God. and messing with him. And so I was like going like, well, first off, eventually you got around to changing the locks and the yeah. it stopped. It stopped. And I was going, okay, why did it take you so long to change your freaking yeah, locks, dude? Yeah, that the first thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the first thing I'd do, the second thing I'd do is like grab my gun and go through the house and look in every nook and cranny to make sure there's nobody living there. Or Get some cameras installed, something. Install cameras. There's all kinds of things I would have done. He never did find out who was doing this. Yeah, I know. I would want to know. I had a sleep app for a while that records any sounds like when you're asleep so uh -huh. you can like see what you're doing at night. And mm -hmm. I did it one night and I heard a word bumping. I'm like, I actually don't need to know. Yeah. I'd rather just not know. No, I, I was I did it too and it's like, you know, it's a couple of nights were uneventful and then one then one night I hear this sort of rustle on a, like a couple of footsteps and then this little voice said, Where should we plant the evidence? <laughs> 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 okay, I'm joking. I'm yeah, lying. But. I am convinced that the cat is the reason I'm gonna be like murdered by a demon or something. Because whenever mm. I hear weird sounds at night, I'm just like, Oh, it's the cat. Mm -hmm. But one night it's just not gonna be the cat, and that's yeah. gonna be my last night. The cat's providing cover for the demon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're in it together. I knew I know. it. That's a, speaking of ghostly occurrences, I don't want. I know we're, we're running short of time here, yeah. but I was in Buenos Aires, like I think in two thousand two, visiting some friends down there in Buenos Aires, Argentina, yeah, yeah. and um, they had this this massive cemetery in the middle of the city called Recoleta Cemetery. Mm -hmm. It's what it was really a necropolis. It's like there are there's no graves and gravestones. It's all just mausoleums, yeah. and crypts and stuff, and and statuary and all kinds of stuff. It's amazing. It's really cool. It's like it is truly a necropolis it is the city of the dead and um and we were tooling around me and my friend eric were tooling around look just looking at the place and then uh that we came across this one crypt that had like five six cats sitting on the steps in front of it and none of the others did and then suddenly we come in here and there's all these cats sitting in this one spot and I wonder, what's what's inside that i wonder that's that was kind of intriguing you gotta and, hope it's mice but well, it could have been the rodent population. I don't know. I didn't see any like cat dishes. Nobody was luring them. No human being seemed oh, to be God. luring them there. There were no, nobody was. There was no food that people had put out. And yet, there's all these cats hanging out in front of this one mausoleum. I was like, that's weird. I feel like cats know a lot more than we give them credit for. They really do. I think so. They see stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, let's see. Next month is going to be our not live from Toronto. Dead from Toronto episode. You're going to Toronto? I am. Really? I'm going to go visit my friend, and it's going to be a reverse boo-ha-ha, -ha, so she is going to tell me the stories, and then we're going to go on a ghost tour through the city. Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, Do you have a mobile recording device and all that stuff? I have my phone, Uh huh. So, and I have some lav mics, so I might I might hook us up for the, the tour. Yeah, no, you, should have, um, you should have some good audio for that. Yeah, we did something like that in Minneapolis, which was really fun. Um, so yeah, Toronto next month. Yeah, uh, Toronto, good. This is coming out. Oh, uh, this is going to come out after the uh, Forgotten Fantasy show at Kelly's Olympian. If you were there, it was uh -huh. nice to see you there. And if you weren't, that's your loss. Um, yeah, so if you have uh, your own ghost stories, you can email them to boohahapod at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at boohahapod, Facebook, facebook.com slash boohahapod. If you're the person who owns facebook.com slash boohaha, please get in touch with me. We have some words. 
Um, thank you, Joe, hey, so much. You're totally welcome. Uh, um, would you like to plug Twitter or anything? Oh, no, no, no. I am on. I am on the Twitter. So you can find me. I'm, I'm Danger Probe <laughs> on Twitter. You can find me out there, and also Steve and Devin are out there too. And of course, my show Thinking Sideways is out on Twitter. Yes. Um, yeah. Highly recommend that show. You guys aren't doing new episodes, but there's a huge back catalog of yeah, we got just insane shit. Yeah, a lot of it's uh, it's a wide variety of stuff. You yeah. Know? I mean, every everything from real true life, real crime mysteries to, to this is probably made up, but it's the, fun. Yeah, exactly. I think the very last episode I talked about the sunken city of Akakor. Yeah. Did you yeah. listen to that one? That's an interesting, interesting little saga right there. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers away or anything like that. Yeah, it's a great Halloween listen. And if I, uh, I'm doing this correctly, it's coming out on the 30th. So you have like a full 24 hours to cram as much weird, creepy shit into your life as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And good luck with that Halloween costume, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And um, I will talk to you, the listener, later. Bye, everybody. Bye.